Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts on a film of their choosing. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today we are talking about Sam Raimi's superhero film, The Terrifying, The Deadly, The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, this is the first Spider-Man out of the original Spider-Man trilogy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there was actually any Spider-Man uh, superhero films before this, but this is the one I remember as like a child. This and uh, Superman. Right. Uh, we owned this as a DVD, and we had the third one, but never the second one. And Which is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just weird. We always felt two was weird to us because we never really watched it. Yeah, we never and owned it. And three, everybody knows, is not good, but... Spider-Man 1 has a good place in our hearts just because of uh, the childhood nostalgia for it. Yeah, a lot of good memories. Definitely the first superhero film that we grew up with and that I have the most memories with. And um, yeah, what a, what a great film. Spider-Man was directed by Sam Raimi with a release date of May 3rd, 2002. At a runtime of two hours and a minute with a genre of superhero. It stars Tobey Maguire... Willem Dafoe, Kirsten Dunst, and James Franco. Average teenager Peter Parker is transformed into an extraordinary superhero after he is accidentally bitten by a genetically altered spider. When his beloved uncle is murdered during a robbery, young Peter vows to avenge his death. Adopting the name Spider-Man, Peter uses his new powers to battle the evil Green Goblin and to win the affections of his beautiful classmate Mary Jane. Experience all the web-slinging action with this full high-def picture and sound on Blu-ray. They really hyped the movie up. <laughs> so it's an ad for Blu-ray, basically. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, again, it's really hard to, like, say, um, like, where to start with this movie because, um, man, it's just so it's just so good all the way around. So many great lines, great performances, great moments. It's just so memorable, at least for at least for me. Uh, man, I love this film. Today, I kind of find it a little bit cheesy in parts. I'm like, oh, nah, come it's on. so good. I think it's kind of like, it's more to do with how Toby plays Peter Parker. And this is like the superhero where obviously he's supposed to be like a kid, right? Just growing up. Mm -hmm. And you can just see just how like, I guess, dorky he is, you know? It's like... Uh, the uh, the other ones are like the adults, and they have to like morph into this other world where he's just trying to figure everything out while trying to you know uh, get Mary Jane. But like after that, it's kind of like I don't know. He just acts all you know nerdy and everything. It, it's hilarious. It gives him his charm. Yeah. But like uh, uh, I find moments to be like very like cheesy. Like oh come on, they're just laughable. You know. I don't know. It's like, yeah, like you said, it plays with the charm um, of the character and just of like Tony McGuire, like how you're saying that, uh, I don't know, he just fits the bill, you know, throughout the just the yeah. character. And he, a lot like Christopher Reeve with Superman, um, Tony McGuire is definitely um, one with Peter Parker, you know? I would say he's more Peter Parker than Spider-Man, perfectly honest. Okay. I think uh, Spider-Man, like, sure, I can, like, it depends on how you view Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you view yeah. him in the same light as the other superheroes? Or do you view him as this, you know, a teenage kid, you know, just trying to play superhero? It depends on how you want to view it. 
but Tobey Maguire to me is Peter Parker just because maybe I've seen this film so many times that I associated with that. And I feel as if uh, that's where he like really shines in that, in that uh, character. Yeah. And um, I almost kind of feel like it works too, because it, um, it feels like Peter Parker's the, um, is the main focus, you right. know, because a lot like Superman, that's, like Peter Parker is the true person versus Spider-Man. Of course, like you, you know, Spider-Man's the heroic person who's going to go and uh, save and help people in their times of need, but I feel like Peter Parker obviously is who he really is, but um we spend a lot more time, we spend a lot of time with both of them, but um I would definitely say that Peter Parker is uh um definitely like the focus, you know. Yeah, especially at the beginning, you know, because we just see him and his classmates really just go out into this uh, scientific lab. It's like a microscope they're looking at, I believe. Yeah, I think he so. He says it's like, I don't know, one of the biggest ones yeah. near his area or something like that. And, you know, we could just see his, uh, his uh, I guess, his knowledge upon like sciences and whatnot. And I believe it's just, you know, that's just how the character of... Uh, Peter Parker is, you know, uh, he's a smart kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, you know, back then I, 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 maybe even today, you know, they just get picked on by the bullies of like, uh, flash Thompson and, uh, all his other uh, yeah, his friends. friends. And, uh, Oh man, like even though, you know, they're supposed to be the bad guys again, cause this film is just so cheesy. You can't help, but just like, laugh because it's like oh my god this is this is this uh you know dumb stuff that's happening here yeah i don't know the entire time I'm just like oh man poor toby poor peter parker yeah <laughs> um but i um i don't know like i feel like this is the um uh we even mentioned as we were watching the film too is that i like how it's establishing these these qualities and characteristics of the characters so quickly in such a short amount of time to where we are going to get into the Spider-Man, the actual Spider-Man uh, bits of the film. Um, and I, I like how they, it doesn't feel rushed. It feels fast. Don't get me wrong. Like just the way they introduce the characters, we get the quality of Peter Parker being like the knowledgeable person. He likes Mary Jane. Um, he wants to talk to her, but he's a little bit scared about that. Um, he's got a best friend, Harry. Um, and then we get like, you know, qualities of Harry and his life and with him and um, his father, Norman Osborn. Um, but I just like how we're getting all of these like characteristics of the characters so quickly. Yes, like I said, it feels fast, but it doesn't feel rushed any, at any point, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I never actually felt that it was rushed. They give like all the information there. Mm -hmm. And it's actually quite a lot, but somehow it like it all makes sense. And it's, I guess... It doesn't feel like overly simplified. It's not like I want to say when you know when we go to like Christopher Nolan, where you know the concept of like dreams, you know, he has to like super oh, over, right. you know, simplify that uh, idea. But in this, is like for some reason it just worked. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they did or how they wrote it to just uh, make it work. Maybe it's because we're biased because we've seen the movie like a trillion times, right? Yeah, that's it. I've always felt it worked. Like it gave all the necessary, like you said, uh, bits to like, okay, this is their character, this is their character, and this is their character, and 
it's established pretty much in the first 15 minutes, you know, who's who and where we go from there. Yeah, and uh, he, shortly after that trip that he's at, or that field trip that the class is at, um, Peter gets bit by the radioactive spider. And I always really enjoyed this. Well, not enjoyed, but uh, I guess I always liked this scene when we, like, it, it all happens so quickly and he gets bit by the spider and we're just like, oh man, now he's going to become Spider-Man. But uh, obviously it's not very... It's not very um, great for him because he's like almost on like on the verge of sickness. Like when he arrives back home, right? And um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There was something about like this moment, like when he's getting sick, and we had this really cool like m- like montage of I don't know, like the the vapor of like the spider or something like going into his bloodstream yeah, kind of and, and he's like, like this dna you know attaching yeah. to himself it's like that's so that's so and, like spiders crawling all over his like nervous system or something yeah, like that yeah. and it's like it's always been such a cool thing and what a neat way to show it and whatnot and uh yeah i don't know i always liked that bit and yeah what a, what a great scene yeah it's like uh it's kind of weird too because uh just when he does wake up. He's like transformed or whatnot to this like uh, superhuman, you know, thing. Because before we, we see like only a glimpse of how he looked before. Oh, right. Where uh, I guess. Kind of a scrawny kid. Yeah. And then after that, it just grows like muscles and, you know, what kind of uh, teenage boy doesn't want to like wake up and like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm ripped now. Yeah. Ripped. <laughs> yeah I think that's one of those funny scenes uh, where like you were saying that. Although it feels like this movie is, you know, solid and it has its serious moments, there's also like those cheesy moments. Where you're like, oh, come on, like, well, they just happened overnight. But again, if it, it feels like it works and it doesn't feel too like fast, it just kind of feels a little cheesy in the moment. But it, honestly, everyone just wants to get to the point of Spider-Man. So, um, yeah, let's say like it, it really like we kind of like transform immediately like to once he's bit and he just wakes up again and now he has these powers and he's about to uh i guess figure out what he can do or whatnot but mm-hmm. uh they also in the film they kind of do like a parallel to our yeah, villain right and how they basically come about because we see now with uh norman he's basically who he works for the military for these like uh I guess he's making like exosuits or I don't know what for some sort of mission. They're, they're working on some sort of uh, scientific things for to use in like a war or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, apparently he just keeps failing after failed tests or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, funny because in his mind, he's like, oh, everything's ready. Let's just ship everything. And, you right. Know. But uh, I guess he's, you know, nothing really works out. He's like in between like a rock and a hard place because, and this is honestly kind of the first time I've ever noticed this out of the, you know, hundreds of times I watched this movie. Um, a lot of the time being, you know, when we're younger. So looking at it now, I'm seeing like the position that Norman Osborn is in because like you were saying that he's in this, um, uh, he's in like this predicament where like he's trying to impress uh you know like his his supplier 
um, his donor for money and everything, uh, that being the military. And he's not, he's not delivering. And it looks like it's been happening for a while. And you can tell that the relationship is quite, you know, rough between mm-hmm. the two of them. And basically, like, it it was the first time that I really realized, like, how kind of, like, stuck he is and, and why he ended up kind of risking his own life to, to uh, you know, have a human test for those um, body enhancers that, he, that he's trying to create for the military. And... I guess like I, I really understood the stakes, I guess. And I understood like the, where he, where he must've like what he must've felt because he's at the point where he's about to lose his funding and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose that, you know? Yeah. And if he lost his funding, he would lose his company and then yeah. everything he's basically worked for. And this like pushed him to go, I guess, evil, you know, per se, but I, I guess I wouldn't say evil. I, I, that's why I'm saying that. I feel like that's why I noticed He's kind of it, like a tragic villain, you know, where yeah. he, he, he was pushed but didn't really want to go into this direction in the first place. Right. Because I, I think that underneath it all, he had Norman Osborn has good qualities. And I think he was just put in a bad position that he made the wrong judgment call. And mm-hmm. that was the thing that, like, I saw from it this time where I think maybe, like, back then I just saw, like, oh, yeah, this guy's evil. Like, he's doing a... A dumb thing, but I didn't really understand, I guess, the position that he must have been in. And, um, um, but like, man, who doesn't love Willem Dafoe? Like, he, he just does, so, he's so convincing. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine anyone else in this character, but he does it so well where he has the, he has like those evil qualities of the Green Goblin. But he has such a great, like, presence as Norman Osborn as this guy who, you know, wants to just succeed in his business. And I was seeing that for, like, the first time, really, as, like, watching it again. Yeah, like, he can basically switch from an instance to, like, e- each version of the character. And, uh, yeah, that's just so great about him as an actor. I also do want to say that uh, it's kind of like... Uh, when he he does do the whole uh, the body enhancing and changing and whatnot, I guess like it's it ends up being a a failed science experiment. Yeah, and I guess uh, that's kind of what I like about this like old school uh, movie. I want to say for superheroes, where it's the classic oh science experiment gone wrong to make your villain. Yeah, I don't know. I like that like uh, that easiness and like okay, I can I can buy that as like you know a, a superhero concept. And uh, I don't know. I, that's what I kind of like like about it because it's uh, I don't know. It's 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 such a classic uh, origin story for me. Yeah, and um, it it does feel very. It feels cartoony, or like I guess it should feel cartoony, uh-huh. but it doesn't yeah. in a, in another way, which is kind of weird. Maybe just because of like again, we have that level of um, you know seriousness of Norman Osborn's position, so it doesn't quite feel too cartoony when. You know, you know, the science experiment goes wrong. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it creates this, like, epic villain that Spider-Man now has to face. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess the foe is there now. And, um, yeah, it's a good setup. It's a good setup. Yeah, and basically after that, we really go back to uh, 
Peter Parker and him discovering his powers and what he can do or whatnot. And um, here's like, uh, I guess, kind of cool is because we get to see like evolution upon evolution of like what he can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Where like I believe his first like uh, thing was his uh, his web, right? Where at, at the school it would just come out of nowhere or whatnot. And, oh, no, 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 he has this, like, one little segment where he, his, like, spider senses, you know, uh, really uh, happen. So he catches Mary Jane before she slips or whatnot. Oh, right, yeah. And what a classic scene. I know. I was like, what, what? Oh, my gosh. She's just walking to the lunchroom and just slips on some sludge of some kind or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, he catches her or whatnot. And yeah. Doesn't say anything. I mean, come on. I mean, so oh, awkward. What yeah. an awkward scene. I, I honestly I didn't realize how awkward it was until we obviously rewatched it right now. I was yeah. like, oh, it's it's more awkward than I thought it was. Yeah, <laughs> it's so awkward. It's like, oh well, but uh, yeah, eventually, like he actually does have uh, some spider uh, web on his hand or whatnot. It's like on his wrist. Yeah, and in this version of Spider Man, it's not like some sort of gadget that he creates. No, it's, it's actually like a part of his uh, human being, I guess. Yeah, and. Uh, this basically leads to like a, a fight with Flash. Mm-hmm. This is a cool scene too because you know he gets to I guess fight his bully or whatnot. Yeah, I guess like who would have wanna like if you had a bully in high school or when whenever who wanted to wanna you know uh, fight him and beat him right <laughs> or you know whoever it is. And, yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I I felt like um it was it was neat how we get to discover. Peter's abilities like when he doesn't really even know it yet obviously at this point if you know anything about Spider-Man you're already like you know he's discovering he's discovering these things and um I think it's a cool thing because I guess I was like growing up and watching the film sometimes you would just like uh reenact like in your head like these scenes or at least I would because I just wanted to be Spider-Man when I was younger (laughs) I still want to be Spider-Man but uh it's it's one of those things where like you see it and then you're thinking to yourself like oh man maybe this could happen to me or something <laughs> and uh uh i don't know i guess like that relatability was easy um especially like as a kid and i i, I could still feel that sense of i'm watching these scenes and i'm thinking about like oh man how does he feel in this moment like when he's not really understanding the level of you know, what's happening to like the things that are happening to him. Right. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like, it's just a crazy thing to feel, but like the freedom he feels, especially like when he like learns how to climb or when he discovers that he can't climb on a wall. Right. And just like that discovery and everything, it's just so like, not like heroic, but like, it's this self discovery that it's like the unknown and it's just something new. It's the start of something new, you know? And uh, I, I feel that in those scenes, and I love that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever, like... I can totally understand now when, you know, we're talking about this and feeling those moments. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if I ever felt to that, like, level when really? watching Spider-Man. Like, I like Spider-Man. And, again, it's, like, this nostalgic thing. But, like, uh, I don't know. For some reason, when I, I've... Uh, I've always seen it. I've always thought to myself, like in the back of my head, like this is, you know, I guess just, uh, this is my version of like superhero one oh one. It's like, even though like, obviously we watched this in Superman, mm-hmm. Superman felt like this was like, uh, an older style 
version of of it, and I associated just because maybe because Superman is like a like a god type of figure, so he could like basically do whatever, right? And where Spider Man is like a this this teenage kid, you know, doing whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know. This this is uh, again, it's just superhero one hundred and one. It doesn't surprise me anymore. Give me that level of uh, uh, I guess intensity that. Uh, a later superhero film might try to do, you know? Okay, yeah. I think a lot has to do with just the memories that I have with the film and the nostalgia of watching it and feeling like... I mean, probably... I, I was younger. I definitely wasn't the same age as um, Peter Parker, but I guess the feelings like it instills in you whenever you watch it, mm-hmm. especially like as a kid, because... Um, it's it's just something like beyond the 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 regular you know the norm I guess and um, you have more of an imagination and uh, I think if it like captures you in that way it's just something that I feel like it has for me so it's like always hard for me to just see it as like the uh, the classic one on one superhero story which I can totally see don't get me wrong but like it still has that special feeling to me of uh, like the magic and the the again like the self discovery of these powers and like what he can do with them like he goes and like jumps across building rooftops and uh, he's just like running all, like you know he's just running uh, discovering how he can shoot his web I love that scene too just the because he doesn't know how to do it it's a lot kind of like the amateur Batman in my opinion where it feels I know it's different but like the feeling of it's an amateur version of the character discovering what they can do and how they can use it. And I love that journey. I love that journey before we get to like the real character, because of course, like we, you know, we eventually want to get there. But I think that like the road to discovery, that path is um, very important. It's an important role to establish the human side of the character. Um, where they're not perfect yet they don't understand their powers yet and uh, because it gives like another layer than just i'm a superhero and i can do anything i think it's actually different in the sense of like batman or even superman where um it's i guess it's just not the same because again it's adults having the powers versus like a a kid having the powers because i've always felt for spider-man it's a kid who's just playing with powers but never really understands it until, like, later on. And that that's where, like, the beginning origin stories differ where, in, you know, in Superman, you know, he has these powers, but he basically knows that he can't use them to the full extent or else, you know, uh, it'd be like you go crazy mad or whatnot and mm-hmm. could, you know, end up destroying everything or what, you know. Mm-hmm. And then for Batman, you know, he has a sense of justice through, like, you know, what happened to his parents and just trying to discover what he can do to help the city and the people around him. Whereas, uh, in Spider-Man, I always felt, you know, he kind of just like, uh, wandered about and it, the power just dropped on him, you know? And yeah. he's like, Oh, you know, cool or whatnot. And he kind of task goes overboard, just like a, you know, a, a kid would do, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then eventually later on, he grows to mature and understands the relevance of his powers. Yeah, and it, I, and I would definitely say like he especially learns that 
you know, when he's trying to impress Mary Jane, mm-hmm. when he's, you know, looking through, uh, like the, the advertisements, uh, I, I don't know, like through like a newspaper or something like it, yeah. it, it, it totally ages this movie. Like when I saw <laughs> that, I was like, oh man, uh, no one reads a newspaper anymore or hardly anybody. But anyway, uh, um, I like, I think when like when he's like looking through and he's trying to like you know buy a car and everything because he wants to impress Mary Jane it puts him in this position where like you know he's going to like he's he's doing different and new things that the normal i guess Peter Parker without powers wouldn't have done and like uh obviously trying to earn some money with that and uh like Basically, what I'm really trying to get at is the moment when he has the discussion with uh, with um, Uncle Ben when he's getting ready to drop him off over at the library. Um, and it's such a this is another scene that I felt like I've seen it so many times where, like you're saying, with uh, you know Peter going from like kind of the the kid and then like soon maturing. Um, for me, anyway. Uh, that's kind of this is kind of like the moment where i i saw it um but as i was watching it um that moment when he's having that like heart to heart with uncle ben with the whole greatest quote of the entire film uh with great power comes great responsibility um that definitely that scene definitely hit me a lot different than it ever has before like that one scene um and um do you think he matures right here I think he gets a sense of it. He gets, oh, a, he gets, no, I think he, I, I disagree. My, my opinion is that, um, I think he gets a sense of it, but I don't, I, I would argue that I don't think that he, he doesn't understand it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. He gets a, the sense because uncle Ben gives him that he gives him that, that chance to understand, but, but Peter Parker doesn't take it obviously as okay. we see. I think he he so he was he gets a sense of it, but he doesn't understand it because right. obviously he does. When later on he talks about it with Aunt May after Uncle Ben has died. Right. Um, go obviously, ahead. Obviously, I I don't. Uh, yes, I I I I agree with the fact that he gets an opportunity to mature, but yeah, he doesn't. He take doesn't it, take it, and I don't. I don't think he fully realizes the extent until at the end of the movie. Personally, for me, but uh, yeah, this is where his first chance or opportunity is when Uncle Ben, you know, says the greatest quote for right. Spider-Man history or whatnot. Yeah, um, and it was really, it was definitely like a moment where you're, you're like looking at the TV and then you're just like, no, like why would you do that? Why would you throw it in his face? Yeah, um, like why, why would you say that? But uh, I guess it is one of those things that, um, and I guess like almost anyone can relate to. Is that like when you're younger, you say or believe and do things that you don't really understand when you're younger. Right. And then you get older, then you're like, man, why did I do that? Yeah. It's like, oh, I regret saying that or doing this or, you know, such stuff like that. Yeah. And then we're on to another really great scene out of uh, this movie, the uh, the wrestling scene. Yeah, here we go. Bone saws ready. Yeah. Oh man, I always love this scene too. Um, watching it, I still love it. Seeing uh, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Tommy McGuire Spider Man <laughs> is is all oh, bad. What a what a sight. 
Oh man, what a good what a good uh, scene! I don't even know what to say about this one. It's just good all around, classic. Um, you just want to, I don't know, it, like I don't know. What do you want to say about that one? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. Just you know, this is like uh, the best part I think about this is just his entrance and how we get to the the Spider Man name. You know? Oh right, yeah. I oh think, yeah. I think that's the greatest. Uh, form of this when you know he just coming in and you know he's the human spider that's what he wants to be called (laughs) and then actually the guy who introduces him yeah he ends up just switching his uh his name and calls him spider-man instead because he thought that the human spider name sucked (laughs) and it did it sounded so bad it did it was not it was not good It, it didn't sound good at all and um yeah thank god that he changed it and then he came out and i think this is the first time we ever saw like uh you know an amateur version of the spider-man costume yeah it seems like everybody had the amateur version or at least the ones we've had so far you know with batman begins and uh spider-man superman didn't in actuality he so. just had a full-on awesome yeah. costume already he just transitioned easily yeah well uh yeah you know the, the wrestling scene is a great scene classic um and ends up in tragedy unfortunately because uh yeah because we know that he, um he was supposed to get a certain amount of money uh peter doesn't he ends up uh seeing that some guy is robbing this wrestling company i guess yeah and uh you let's know let's get away basically let's get away yeah and then um then this is the scene where we see that uncle ben has been shot like just a little bit shortly after mm-hmm. and uh only to find that. Well, hold on. But before we before we move on, there's this there's this famous <laughs> there's this famous story uh, between me and Jonathan. How uh, for years we've watched this film, and the entire like I think maybe last maybe like last year the year before that. Uh oh man! Like uh, yeah, basically, basically. You misheard. <laughs> I, I misheard. I, I I famously misheard um, Uncle Ben's lines as he's dying, uh, like his last words to Peter. So if you if you're watching the movie or if you remember the scene, Peter finds that Uncle Ben has been shot. He goes over to him and he's like, you know, holding Uncle his Uncle Ben's hand. And I always thought when when Uncle Ben like opens his eyes and he's like looking around, and he's like you know tears in his eyes and he's looking at Peter. I always thought, I always thought that he said, like, was like trying to say, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I thought he said it twice and he was like, hold, like basically letting Peter know that he knew his fate. So it, it was always, it was always a really sad moment for me because like he knew that he was going to die. So I always thought that it was like, he was just saying like I'm dead, I'm dead, and he's like Who holding on to that? Peter. Well, because he, was, he knew, so I thought it was really sad. I he, thought it was really sad for that reason. It changes the entire scene. He no, was, no, no, the he tone. Was, he was reaching out to Peter, saying, "Peter, you know, just seeing his loved one there, and you know, him shocked that, oh man, you know, he's dying right here, and you know, it really hurt him and everything." And he, he's just gonna say, "I'm dead." What yeah, person says, the, the, I'm dead? The, actual, the actual line, the actual line is. Peter, Peter. He says Peter twice. And I always thought that it was, I'm dead, I'm dead. Uh, so honestly, the tone of the 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 scene never really changed for me. But like, 
I don't know. It was like literally two years ago that I just realized <laughs> that uh, Uncle Ben has been saying he's he's been saying Peter, Peter. That's what he said. And I always thought it was I'm dead, I'm dead. And I felt I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Like I've watched this movie so many times, and I completely thought that that's what he was saying. So uh, it still made it still made the scene sad. You thought that for like over a decade or yeah, even it was more. Like, yeah, it was like over a decade <laughs> out of the uh, yeah, like yeah, over a decade. Oh man, oh man, oh, crazy. Man. Anyway, okay, so basically, uh, um, uh, Peter sees this. He overhears that the the armed robber is like on Fifth Avenue or something like that. And uh, Peter ends up going after him. And again, we see like this um, amateur Spider-Man still learning to use his powers yet. He's flying across New York City with these newfound powers and he almost like dies because he just like he literally hasn't overcome the fear of swinging, you know, with his web and uh, going uh, all over the place. Um and which isn't still again a neat scene to watch because we're watching him develop his powers. And even as I was watching last night, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's almost like no way, real way to learn how to like web sling, if we want to call it that. All right, you just gotta try it. You out. You just gotta do it. And he learned how to do it by doing it. And um, you know, he was he was pretty okay. But uh basically overall, we come to find that the armed robber who uh, stole Uncle Ben's car, shot him, was the guy who Peter let go who was robbing the wrestling company. And it was basically kind of like a... All his fault sort of scenario. Yeah, it was just kind of like a kick in the gut that like, you know, oh shoot, like it was it was me. Mm-hmm. It was me who did this. And uh, um, basically he has a confrontation with the guy because he catches him, but then um, the guy ends up accidentally killing himself uh by falling off the uh the window um yeah and that was that moment was just kind of like a i think maybe like the first time i watched it i probably was shocked obviously now it's not much of a shocker but it still kind of like gets me like even to this day just a little bit that it's kind of like man he could have stopped it you know oh yeah uh yeah i think i don't think it gets to me really i think it just it's it's obviously like this, like you said, kicking the gut or whatnot that it was his fault that, you know, or yeah, like he could stop this, but it's like it had to happen for the superhero scenario so, you know, he can get to uh, like the next step of his evolution or whatnot. And Sure, uh, yeah. My only like uh, uh, downside of this is just learning how they try to adopt some other scenario that happened in Spider-Man 3, if you watch that, that oh, whole, yeah. this, that ruins, it ruins this, the integrity yeah, of the scene. This scene, in my opinion. Yeah. So like, this is, this is like, okay, this is what happened in my eyes, you know? Like, right. I don't even think about Spider-Man right. 3 when I'm watching this one. Uh, yeah. It's like, I can't help but think because I know what they, 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 they wanted to do. And it's like, nah, forget it. How could you ruin the scene? Yeah. I know. I totally get it. And, uh, See, I think that this is really like that. Um, this is definitely that start of the turning point with Peter and the way he goes about like his actions and the way he. Um, I think it kind of like rekindles like his relationship with his both of like with his uh, 
with his aunt now because his uncle because uh, Uncle Ben has died at this point. But uh, um, it kind of like brings them closer again, you know? Yeah. Like after Uncle Ben's death, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's that scene when. Uh, after his high school graduation and everything, he has a you know a heart to heart with uh, Aunt May, and um, he basically explains that uh, he felt bad about like the last thing that he said to Uncle Ben, and uh, which is was their fight, and um, uh, Aunt May was basically saying like you know don't be so hard on yourself, and I think that this is that moment where Peter understands his place. He understands. That he didn't let Uncle Ben down, and he's not going to. Um, right. It's it's a it's another step in the right direction for his character. Right. It's like yeah, it's definitely that uh, turning point. I think that he really understands. He understands who he wants to become. You know, mm-hmm. or like, yeah, yeah. I guess like you know, he has this outlook of I want to be this kind of person, and uh, you know, in in the spirit and in the memory of my Uncle Ben, and making him proud in the process and everything. Um, so it was definitely like another good moment because like you said, a good, another good step in the right direction for his character. And like, again, like even an evolution literally in the uh, character itself with his costume. Uh, right. Just gives to his new costume, the, right. the costume everybody knows of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man or the same Raimi Spider-Man. Right. And I got to say though, like the music really makes it here. Um, I think the music in all of the scenes really makes this movie. Um, like w- without a doubt, Danny Elfman's score for this movie is like among probably the my favorite score of all time is the Spider-Man score. Um, and I think in this moment in particular, when he's remembering what Uncle Bed told him about, with great power comes great responsibility, and he's looking at the uh the drawing or the sketch of Spider-Man, and there's just like this heroic, like feeling back like behind like the music and in the scene and the music just like brings it out more with like the the horns and everything and uh it's just like that heroic cadence that spider-man has and uh it just really lifts you up for the scene and then we get right into the real spider-man and we see you know like what like kind of like um like uh kind of like the same scenario they did with superman he does like a bunch of different uh little acts that yeah okay, he saves this thing and saves this thing and helps you know yeah it's kind of like a fast forward in time yeah kind of and it did it in such a way where like we didn't have to spend too much time like explaining too much like they did it in a nice montage you know just like you, how you said like with superman and uh we didn't really need to waste any time with things because um again with the nature of a superhero film it's really it's much easier to suspend your disbelief and uh that's what's kind of like great and also the curse about him but in this case i think it's well done and um yeah spider-man is here and we get the the real uh you know the same raimi spider-man full-on costume here he is yeah and uh again going back to the parallel with his villain green goblin we soon find that uh Stuff's not going too well for Norman. Oh, yeah. And uh, his business is basically... uh, Like on the verge of, like, failing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, he commits his first act with the Green Goblin and goes after the military 
and basically he kills them all in this yeah. unknown location. I don't know. They were looking at a competitor's uh, glider type yeah. of thing. I don't know what theirs was supposed to be. But uh, eventually he goes out and murders those people. His business, he thinks his business is like, okay, this is, we're all good now, you know? Yeah. Which like, is like, oh, man. <laughs> good <Norman>. days. <laughs> good days. All the bad days are behind us. Good days going forward. Right. And then I guess his company's board just pulls the rug from under him. Yeah. And says he's out. Right. See, again, this is another scene where I felt like we understand where he is, you know, where Norman Osborne is and what we could probably feel from his character. And that's like... Uh, you know, like how you said that he thinks that like, oh, we're in a good place. And I kind of feel like maybe it's just a matter of like who he is and wh- how he acts. Because like I was saying when we were watching that I felt like uh, Norman was probably acting this way, like things pretending like things were good and probably the company knew that it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. So almost kind of like a, you know, kind of lying to himself in order to keep things moving and I'm going to assume that he's been doing that for quite some time. So, Of course, because he wanted to pass the formula without right. actually having like, a successful test. Exactly. And uh, it's. It, I think it's definitely like we can see where his, his, uh, where like his mind is at and like how much risk he's taking, you know, and mm-hmm. it's probably, it's not the good kind or I'm not even sure if there is a good kind, <laughs> but I would say that like it's definitely to the point where it's it, it is an it is an issue, right? And like we can understand that, especially like in this scene that like you got to stop lying to yourself, Norman. But uh, he continues to, yeah, and basically he becomes like uh, basically I guess I guess depressed in the sense like how could this happen and why 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 is this happening now and. Uh, he hears this bad news and doesn't take it very well at all. And no. we go to the basically this festival that's happening in the I believe it's Times Square, right? That I, they, they I think so, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, here's another scenario where both of us didn't really pay attention to, like, oh, the, yeah, for years, <laughs> yeah, the festival and how it's like, uh, it looked like it was a bunch of like cultures getting together and like celebrating and. I guess just we always thought it was just uh, I don't know just some regular party <laughs> get together or something. Yeah, know. like some like regular parade because the thing that fell out of place like uh, it was Mary Jane's uh, outfit. We were just like we felt like it was a little out of place, and then we realized that oh, it's a coming together of yeah. different cultures. And I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. And uh, it's just surprising how much you can find within a film that you've watched for over a decade like time and time again and you still find something new um yeah so what a what a weird like thing to find and we're just like oh okay now it makes a lot more sense yeah um yeah and uh then this scene is like that uh like the coming together of both of our uh like hero and the villain finally and um oh man i always felt this eerie presence when green goblin came to the parade i was just like it's the parade hasn't started until Green Goblin is shown. And uh I love how he's just like in the distance. We can kind of hear his laugh in the distance. It's like, yeah. oh my god, like what is this? Yeah. And uh and the uh the board members of the company realize that it's the uh the glider 
And there's such like a like a thrill in this scene for me because it's like it's Norman Osborn, but it's it's not as yeah, the Green Goblin. Nobody really knows who it is, and this is like his first uh, presence because people already know Spider Man at this point. And yeah, we've seen his like little acts in the newspapers, and people are wondering who this guy is, but right. they've never actually seen to you know or actually lived to tell you know uh, who this Green guy is. You yeah, know? and. Uh, yeah, the it's the coming together of the of the uh the hero and foe and uh basically Green Goblin just, you know, uh throws one of his like uh, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, one of his like his bombs and he just throws yeah. it at the building and uh you know, everything's just like falling apart and whatnot and basically gets revenge on the people who yeah. told him that he was going to be out and he has the last word really and uh I don't know. In a way, I've always kind of felt good for him there, but it, like in a weird way because I'm just like, oh, like he, he got the last word, but no, that was awful because he killed those people, so that was bad. It was so bad, but uh, oh, again, shoot. it just plays it to like the cheesiness of the film, and it's like, right. uh, I don't know. It's funny. Um, but um, uh, And then like, we, yeah, we have like the finally the uh, Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin for the first time, and uh, uh, the, the, it's kind of like... Um, like a match you know it's both like batman versus joker like we can't have one without the other and i feel like with spider-man as many like all like all the great enemies that spider-man has but like green goblin's always been one of my favorites so it's it probably because be, of this movie honestly, because of this yeah. movie and uh um i don't know i just felt like that the 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 parallels that they had from the beginning of the film they're they're very similar, you know, like they're they're similar in their own ways. Um, obviously different as well, but uh, like seeing them together is just like oh, okay, like now like we're 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 facing and we're up like toe to toe, and uh, it's all like a a very like exciting scene and a bit scary too because like Mary Jane's like on the verge of like falling off the building and everything, right. and um, yeah. I've always really like enjoyed the scene because like, oh, you know, spider, like it's classic one-on-one superhero storytelling, Spider-Man and Green Goblin come together, like hero and enemy come together. They have, they square off. The hero wins this first battle, uh, villain disappears. And then the hero saves the, the day, the, the day. wonders who this villain is and how they're going to stop him or whatnot. Right. Right. Um, but like, still like, it doesn't feel to the point where I'm like, I'm not seeing it as te- textbook, I guess, because I'm so like into the characters. I'm so into the characters that I'm not really seeing like the textbook. You know, I've always seen it as textbook every time. I don't. I don't really. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't push past the, uh, I guess the old nostalgic values of, of this. And it's like, oh, I see how this, you know kickstart the uh, superhero films again. You know, oh, yeah, and. Yeah, I've always seen it really for that every single time I watch. I don't think I can really get too invested into these characters because again, it's it, it plays this balance between like comic book classic uh, cheesiness that's never really like been grounded in the sense of like uh, Batman Begins. Oh yeah, so it just it's just different uh, levels for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always liked the scene afterwards too. Like I just love how we get the really great sense of like music and everything. It's just so 
like, oh, Spider-Man has saved the day. And it's just like so above. That's the only word that I can really like think of. It. It's just so like luscious. It's above. And if it's so like great, like with the tone of the scenes and everything. And um, I think we get a moment between Spider-Man and Gob- Green Goblin um, at some point. You're talking like when they uh, get together, like he offers him friendship. Yeah. Yeah. In in that scene, we basically see Spider-Man. He like Green Goblin wants to just like Spider-Man wants to like find out more about him and who he is and stuff like that. So he tries to track him down. And the only person who seems to be able to track him down in uh, uh, the city has been uh, the photographer for Spider-Man. And so Green Goblin basically pays a visit uh, to the Daily Bugle. Yeah. yeah and uh, then Spider-Man has to arrive and try to like save the day. And uh, Green Goblin captures him with this like sleep uh, gas, I guess yeah. that he has. And then now they're just at some, I have no clue where they're at. Maybe some, some like rooftop. Yeah, some rooftop somewhere in the city. And uh, basically Green Goblin offers him the world like we can conquer the world together and you know basically make it ours or we can fight forever and you know have destruction everywhere and never really you know get anywhere yeah and uh for for me like this is another scene that i felt like i just never quite understood as a kid and now as i'm watching it again i was like i understand yeah. yeah i understand it more and i actually was like there is some sort of merit behind his words like some sort of merit, uh, especially like when he mentions that, you know, like in spite of everything you've done for them, like eventually them being the people that, uh, you know, they're going to hate you at some point. And it wasn't even long after. It was probably like the day after the whole Daily Bugle incident that, uh, you know, Spider-Man was in the newspapers to get arrested and stuff, stuff like right. that. And um, it's just interesting that, I guess Green Goblin has more depth to his character than I realized. Yeah, he's not just pure evil, I guess. Yeah, that he's not just pure evil and that he had like a sense of timing, I guess, for Spider-Man and knowing that there's going to be a point where the the audience is going to turn on you, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh he and he was he was right about that. And uh I guess in some ways like Green Goblin is like a good manipulator and he probably, you know, he he had a good idea, I guess, going for him, you know, that he pro- possibly could have convinced Spider-Man that, you know, maybe there's some, there's another use for you. Right. And uh, basically Spider-Man doesn't actually fall for it. Like right. He, he just keeps going. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, saving the day or whatnot. And basically after this, we get the side story with uh, Peter Parker or Mary Jane. Right. And, you know, whether or not they should... Uh, well, they're kind of like... They know that each look like each other, really, but like, they never actually eat, make a move. Right. This has kind of, like, been going on the entire film. Right. It's like there's just another a step in, in their side story. And basically, uh, here's the moment where... I guess... Here's another, you know, popular scene or everybody knows this scene too, you know, once 
uh, Spider-Man is saving uh, Mary Jane from these thugs or no, like an alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in the alleyway. And, uh, you know, you get the, the kill, uh, kiss moment when he's, uh, basically hanging from, uh, uh, on top of the rooftop or whatnot. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, another classic scene, everybody's seen it. It's been, you know, probably parodied. Yeah. And, yeah. Redone so many times at this point. Uh, but yeah, it just goes to show again, uh, how, I guess, memorable some of the moments in these scenes are truly are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um Yeah, so like they're like the two of them like develop and I always felt like it was uh I always felt like it worked too and never felt like it was too out of place either because you know they're both interacting as Peter Parker and Mary Jane, but now Peter can interact with her both the Spider Man and Peter Parker. And it always like worked. It never felt too over the top, it never felt too much. Uh, I think maybe in a lot of ways it felt too little because I just wanted Peter Parker and Mary Jane together. And then there was always some kind of obstacle in their way. And it always, it always bothered me because I was just <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, as a kid, I remember like it, it always bothered me. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I would say that in this movie, Harry's the obstacle. Oh yeah. Where basically, uh, I want to skip to, uh, or no, no, no. We should actually talk about, uh, before that, when we, I was going to skip to the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, yeah. Classic. Uh, classic scene, but we got to have some context before the uh, that scene where basically Green Goblin comes back in this burning building. Oh, yeah. And uh, basically wants the answer to Spider-Man's, uh, uh, the question that he gave to Spider-Man, like, do you want to join me or whatnot? Oh, right, yeah. And again, you know, this is where his confirmation of saying no or whatnot and... Uh, they have like a mini brawl inside this burning building and they do all these cool like moves, you know, like moving away from these blades that are about to hit them and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, what a great scene. Oh man, the slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Oh man. Yeah. It, uh, basically by the end, uh, uh, he gets cut and, uh, that's like the, the, the main thing we got to get from this scene. He gets mm-hmm. cut on the arm and he has to go back and, uh, basically go to the thanksgiving dinner and uh this whole scar on his arm becomes a big deal uh, going forward and yeah so basically during the uh thanksgiving dinner he puts two and two together with uh norman osborn puts two and two together with that cut that peter has on his arm and basically because he matches it up with the one that uh um uh spider-man got in the burning building and he's basically like Basically, like he's Spider Man, you know. That's the that's the end goal. That's right. the end result. That he's like he knows that. Uh, all right, that that's Spider Man, and uh, he freaks out. He ends up leaving the Thanksgiving dinner and everything. And he's like, uh, "See ya." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just out of left field because you know, pretty rude too. It's kind of like you would think he knew already know who he was beforehand when he captured him. And oh right, it's like. Yeah, it was completely obvious. I guess from the Green Goblin scenario, like just the yeah. information Norman had, right? And just to like now freak out and everything, and oh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's it's whatever. Um, yeah, that basically like soon after, uh, Green Goblin basically is trying to convince Norman Osborn, the like you know the voice of the Green Goblin, right. so trying to convince Norman Osborn to uh, attack peter parker's heart and in this case that's uh aunt may and uh 
basically he goes after Aunt May one night and basically <laughs> just like destroys like the whole side of like the house or something and freaks her out, sends her to the emergency room. She's all like having like a panic attack or something and mentions like the horrible yellow eyes or those big yellow eyes or something. And uh, Peter basically puts two and two together here that he's like, oh, shoot, Green Goblin knows who I am. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's pretty like freaked out. And uh, basically at that point, uh, he realizes that Green Goblin's going after anybody that he associates with or he uh, loves dearly. And uh, that's when we get like, oh, it's Mary's going after Mary Jane. And uh, he gets this phone call, which is kind of like uh, scream like or oh, yeah. I always thought it was. Green came out before this movie, right? Yeah. And so, like, uh, I always thought, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> let's, let's just go to our uh, final showdown or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, basically, we see Green Goblin gearing up for some sort of uh, uh, choice that he's going to set up or whatnot. For and, Spider-Man, yeah. And uh, we see Mary Jane wake up on top of this uh, bridge. And I always thought, I was like, how did you not wake up earlier? And you know, oh, yeah. who just wakes up? Oh, you know, I'm on this bridge, and surprised she didn't even, like you know quickly fall off or anything or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And uh, then he goes after these kids or whatnot that are on some sort of uh, it's like a sky rail. Yeah, some sort of sky rail, and he basically uh, by the time Spider Man uh, arrives, he he basically presents him with a choice to either save Mary Jane or save the kids in, in the sky rail from falling. And, uh, again, it's like this tough choice where we would see like them zoom into his face and seeing both, you know, choices with his right. eyes or whatnot. And, I always liked this bit. And, uh, and this is another scene that I felt like, uh, I never really even felt like the weight of the words until now. Um, after all these years, like watching it again, it definitely felt more, I felt like more of the risk involved and I definitely felt the sense of like urgency and how this time around. Yeah. They like this time around. I definitely felt that, that I just didn't understand the urgency quite back then. And I uh, understand it. And now it was kind of like, Oh man, he really is faced with this choice. And, uh, I don't know. I, I guess like the green goblin put it in such a, he put it in such a way where it was hard to decide. And he made you know that, and that was kind of like the mind games that Green Goblin was playing, and I liked that, the fact that he made you like aware of that, and not only did he make it aware for Spider-Man, but for the audience as well who's watching, and uh, it was an intense moment, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, basically he goes down and tries to save Mary Jane first, and then he grabs the kids right after, and... How did he not dislocate his shoulder? Right, like, come on. Even the point where, you know, Mary Jane's trying to come down, you know, onto this, on back onto the sky route so he, she can be uh, with the kids, and he, he can only hold one thing, right? Right. Uh, he gets hit by Green Goblin, like, in the sky, in the, you know, uh, when he's holding everything, and Mary Jane... Like of course, Spider Man can hold everything, right? Because he's a superhero, right? He has yeah, superhero got... strength, right? Yeah, exactly. But Mary Jane like lets go and like eventually, you know, hangs on to the to the sky rail or whatnot. It's like, right. come on, she would have easily, you know, I know, broke her arms or like not even caught the thing and just landed right into the the, the lake or ocean or wherever they're at, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, 
oh come on <laughs> i know it, it was just kind of like she was hanging on by like a thread like by an arm you know yeah and she was like still there but you know it's whatever um and then like uh luckily everyone like land safe mary jane the kids are all okay and uh then green goblin basically like ropes spider-man into some like abandoned building and oh man what a good scene so good that he just like throws him into this building spider-man like goes crashing in like uh gets Even, hit yeah by the bomb right yeah it gets hit like right in the face by one of those bombs and everything sends him through another couple of wall, brick walls and this is that point where we see in like most like superhero films like where we have this sense of uh maybe the vi- the hero isn't gonna make it and the villain will reign supreme because green goblins really just like you know going ham on spider-man yeah. <laughs> and just like you know, going through his webs, just landing some good punches, landing some really weird corkscrew, like midair yeah. spin. Drop kicks everywhere. Drop kicks. <laughs> oh, man. Spider-Man just is like done at this point. And uh, I was like, I think as a kid, I think I was like probably watching the scene and thinking, man, Spider-Man is not going to make it. He's going he's gonna to lose to Green Goblin. And uh, oh, man, we got this really great memorable scene where uh spider-man is like basically done at this point and again green goblin pointing like mind games and playing those mind games on spider-man and telling him like you're done you're finished and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna win <laughs> and I, I don't, i'm gonna have mary jane and you're done and uh you know great mix of the music the scenes the the intensity the the uh emotions that are mixed in with all this because uh, Green Goblin like has like this fork that just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he's gonna like attack and kill Spider Man with it, but then the Spider Man with like his superhero strength is just barely holding on. Yeah. The, the horns in the background of the music <laughs> and like the intense like yeah. bass. I love this scene so much because ah oh, man, everything comes together so well and you feel it right there with him. And you're like, okay, Spider Man, you're gonna win. You're gonna win. Like we're cheering him on, and then he's able to like just. uh free himself from goblins clutches goblin like goes back on a brick wall uh uh spider-man like ropes his uh uh legs and lets goblin like fall on the ground and like brings down the wall right out to green goblin <laughs> yeah, that's like cow. a i don't know like a at least like a 10 foot brick wall yeah. that just lands on green goblin and like collapses on him and then basically Spider-Man's taking it to Green Goblin and everything. That's exciting because the hero's winning and everything. And uh, basically it gets to the point like where he's just like punching him and punching him and punching him. And then, then uh, you know, Norman's like telling him to stop and stop. Yeah, and it's like, no, please. Right. It's like, it's me. And then we have this like uh, this heartfelt moment between Peter Parker and uh, Norman. And it's like, uh, this is another scene where I definitely felt a complete like shift and the tone of this is no longer Spider-Man and Goblin. It's people. Yeah. It's it, Peter Parker versus uh, Norman Osborn. And yeah. He's basically forced to like, Oh, he's like, he's kind of freaking out too. Cause like, Oh, cause Spider-Man or Peter had no clue who Green Goblin was, but Green Goblin had all, you know, he knew who right. he was and what he was doing. And he's like, do I hurt this guy who, you know, I kind of treated as like a, a new father figure, right? Yeah. And even uh, Norman brings it up as like, uh, you know, uh, 
he's been a father to him and you know just let's you like know, be a son to me now yeah be a son to me now and let's walk out of this together you yeah know? it's kind of like oh man i gotta ask you though how did you did you did you believe him did you think his words no, were sincere no never it's it's it was it was never uh, like a, an actual option so really. you do, do you think that norman osborne was lost at the green goblin like do you think that there was oh, truly like a separation this, yeah because uh, as we saw like in the rest of the film and previous parts we saw that there was this distinction between Norman Osborn and Green Goblin. No, I think I think he was gone by that point. Cause you like, think so? Yeah, even like thinking back to when uh, they were at the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, he uh, he appeared to be Norman, but uh, he still like looked out and like what was happening there and like where was, did Spider-Man slash Peter Parker go or mm-hmm. whatnot yeah. when he went up into his room. So no, I don't think, I think he was completely gone at this point. That's, that's what was so sad for me in that moment as I was watching because I was thinking, man, the words sound sincere. The way he's looking at him sounds sincere. And uh, like really hitting him with the, you know, like I've been like a father to you. Now be like be a son to me now. It was uh, a line in a moment, an entire scene that just hit me completely different. And it's never hit me like that before. And I was like, oh, man, is he lying? And I really didn't want him to be, but I was like thinking to myself, I don't think it's really Norman talking here right. if Norman really exists anymore. And it was sad because I felt like from the very beginning that Norman wasn't a bad guy. It was just a guy who was dealt a bad hand and he made poor decisions mm-hmm. and it led to the destruction of Norman. I want to say like, uh, if anything, like, the next line that Spider-Man actually says as uh, a better line. And yeah, in I my agree. mind is like the chilling part of the thing. If I felt anything throughout this movie is this moment where he's like, you know, he says that uh, he did have a father and name was uh, Ben Parker. And like, that's the thing is like, okay, he, this is like this completely transformation. Yeah. Where he, he really accepts, uh, uh, basically what was given to him and everything like that and who uh, these people who uh, basically helped him along the way and, and s- stuff like that. And yeah, this is, that's the, like the, 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 the chilling uh, moments, I guess. Right. And I, and I gotta say it almost, almost kind of gets ruined. That is such like a great moment because like uh, the gliders right behind Spider-Man and then Goblin like brings it up and then like, it's like the, some like, spear thing comes out of the glider and it's gonna his idea is that it's gonna kill spider-man from behind yeah i was like okay and basically it does it <laughs> and, and it hits it hits green goblin it's slash like, norman oh <laughs> yeah that's literally his last words it's so cheesy and so cartoony i guess in that moment i i guess i would call it just more like cheesy because it just really falls apart i think yeah because like we had such like a sincere moment that literally the last moments of great goblin are just like oh and then it just hits him at just the rot (laughs) just the wrong place too and it's like oh Uh, man it's gotta hurt and uh because like spider-man has spider-man's spidey senses and he just like you know catches it like in a moment's time and unfortunately great goblin well yeah great goblin dies um uh, slash Norman Osborn and everything. And I guess maybe they, they have a redemption moment here because he brings up, like, he tells him, like, don't tell Harry, uh, like, about this. 
and uh at least in this movie <laughs> uh <laughs> peter peter holds up with that promise Ugh. um and it just, it just kind of like sad because like uh, we had another moment previously with Mary Jane and Peter to not tell Harry about uh, like the job that she's working or something. And it leads it basically it's like a it builds up this character for Peter that like he always kind of has to like protect him, I guess. He always has to protect people like yeah. not just like Harry, but he always just kind of has to like there's this nature that uh that Peter like like has to have or like take on of like he has to protect Aunt May he's got to protect Mary Jane he has to protect Harry uh, and like he's a protector you know like these are the qualities that the hero has to take on and like again goes back to the quote with great power comes great responsibility from Uncle Ben and um, it it was a really sad moment when when uh, Norman told him that uh, you're like don't tell Harry about it. And uh, true to his word, he didn't. In this movie, I don't in this believe. movie, I think he, I think he might have said something in the second one, but I can't remember. Yeah, oh, we're um, not talking about this, <laughs> right? Right, and uh, uh, and then it becomes a little bit more emotional, especially like when Harry like even tells Peter that you know Spider Man's gonna pay, yeah. uh, like when they're at the their funeral, funeral and uh, you know he sees what this has done to Harry and paints Spider Man in the wrong light. Um, and, uh, I think Peter kind of just like accept this, accepts this because he can't really do anything about it. Right. And even as I was watching, I was thinking to myself, how does, you know how bad this looks when he brings Norman Osborn back to the house? Uh, like when he brings it back to the house, I'm just like, this looks all just all sorts of bad. I don't think he expected him to be there immediately anyway. So it just kind of happened that way. And again, like you said, there's nothing he could really change about it. Exactly. And uh, it all kind of like wraps up similarly to Batman Begins with like we return like Peter and Mary Jane and they finally admit or at least Mary Jane admits her love to Peter. And then it kind of turns out that Peter says like that he can't, uh, but he's always going to be there to protect those people uh, when he needs them um, or when they need him. And uh Basically, a lot, a lot similar to Batman Begins that like uh, that he it's, knows like what his duties are, I guess, in a yeah, way. Yeah, it's like uh, this is the full transformation where he realizes that this job, he puts them in harm's, uh, in danger, basically, right. where he, if he associates these people with himself, that he knows that other people will come after them. Right. And so he doesn't want to do that to her or to anybody else more that he has to. Mm. And he realizes that uh, for his situation that he needs to, uh, you know, be this other guy, this accept the burden or whatnot of being this uh, superhero with the responsibilities. And he realizes that's his place in the world now. Right. And then we just end off with a, we like where we end off with a really nice uh, montage of Spider-Man well, a nice monologue with Peter Parker, understanding his place, right. and you know, he's Spider-Man, and then then it, it kicks off with a really or ends off with a really nice uh, Spider-Man montage, swinging through the city, and I love this part. And uh, this is true for the scenes with Spider-Man in the film, whenever he's swinging. Anyway, I just love how like the shots feel like we're we are swinging there with him. 
we can feel like the sense of air, the gliding, the motion, uh, like that we can like be there like with Spider-Man or be Spider-Man and uh, feel like this heroic sense of like things that we couldn't possibly like imagine the powers that to have. And uh, it just gives off the sense of like, oh man, this is a hero. This is Spider-Man. Maybe he got a little bit cheesy, like when we, like he landed on the uh, American flag. But I mean, <laughs> it probably fit for the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, uh, yeah, great nostalgia factor. Tobey Maguire, everyone, in, like Willem Dafoe, everyone in this film plays up the part so well. Uh, great lines, memorable scenes. It's uh, it's a film for me that's definitely going to go. Uh, stand the test of time. <laughs> the Spider-Man, the music, like the 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 score, it's perfect. It's a ten out of ten. <laughs> Again, I, I always I'm always gonna say it's like a, it's a superhero one on one. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's uh I I enjoy it. Right, it's like it has this childhood nostalgic value of like okay, this is. Again, what superhero films were, and you know, again, uh, it tells it doesn't really do a whole lot wrong, really, especially in this first one. You know, we yeah. we'll, we talk about the other ones, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can get into that, but uh, oh, yeah, for this, for this first one, it's it's a great, another great start to a superhero, and uh, yeah, again, I don't know if it like it just depends on how you want to look at it with uh, how the character goes about because. They're just different because this is the the teenage, you know, growing up into like an adult, whereas the other ones were adults trying to figure out what like their place in the world is. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of different if you want to like say how you like that superhero origins, but it's, it's definitely like, it's a different and not bad in any means way to start a superhero film. Yeah, definitely for sure. I completely understand um yeah uh if you haven't seen spider-man uh please watch please watch this film it's so good uh (laughs) maybe you want to you could probably watch two you probably don't want to watch the third one (laughs) yeah Uh, it's like most people already know but you know whatever (laughs) we know we know what that movie is but uh hey i i mean i'm a a fan of the original spider-man sam raimi trilogy it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, shout out to the fans who love this version of Spider-Man. Tom McGuire. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And uh, there we have it. Uh, Sam Raimi's uh, 2002 superhero film, Spider-Man. We hope you enjoyed listening and watching this episode. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to The End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you and goodbye.